Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, a minute-by-minute podcast covering 1985's Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, and 1994's Howling, New Moon, Thank You, Rising. I'm your host, Dan. Welcome. And when you hear the wolf howl two more times... The, the wolf howl two more times. We shall begin. Son of a bitch. There we go. Let's begin. My name is Daniel R. Budnick. You can call me Dan. Welcome to the first episode of the Minute by Minute podcast, Howling 2 and 7-2. We are going minute by minute through 1985's Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, and 1995's Howling New Moon Rising, which is Howling 7. There were eight films in the Howling franchise. The original Howling, the classic by Joe Dante, uh, written by John Sayles, based off the Gary Bradner novel. Uh, That was 1981. Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf, 1985. Philippe Mora was the director. Howling 3, 87, The Marsupials, uh, also Philippe. Howling 4, The Original Nightmare, which is 88. Howling 5, The Rebirth, which is 89. Howling 6, The Freaks, which is 91. Howling New Moon Rising, 95. And then The Howling Reborn, 2011. I've not seen The Howling Reborn. I I thought it was a reboot. Some places call it the eighth film in the series. Some people call it a reboot. So Howling 7 could end the franchise, or Howling 8 could... I don't know. I don't know. I will say this. um, Howling 2 continues on from Howling 1, and Howling 7 attempts to bring 4, 5, and 6 together. Whereas 3 kind of stands alone, and 4, 5, and 6, when they were made, kind of stood alone. Um, with 4 actually being called the original nightmare. 4 is actually more or less a, a straightforward, humorless version of the Howling. So I guess they already rebooted it at 4. So I guess 8, Howling Reborn, if it's another reboot, it doesn't matter. We'll call that 8. So there were 8 Howling films. The most recent one was 2011. I, I've read that they may be working on something new uh, with it. I don't know. The, uh, they, um, I hope they got someone fun on board to work on it. But this podcast is specifically... Now, why Howling 2 and Howling 7? Because I'm pretty sure someone's probably already done a Howling one, right? I mean, they had to have done. And Howling 2 is such a fun, crazy film. If you've ever seen any more of, of Philip Philippe Mora's films, he's got a crazy sense to him that is really, uh, Howling 2 really, and Howling 3 really bring bring that out. And why Howling 7? 
because Howling 7 is probably, or Howling New Moon Rising is the one I watch the most out of the eight. Having never watched eight, that would be the one I watch the least. Howling 2 and Howling 7 are the ones I watch the most out of the eight of them. And um, I really wanted to talk about them. I wanted to talk a, a fun, a couple of fun horror films. I wanted to do a double feature. I've done, I've done a series of these uh, podcasts already. I did One Minute with Night of Horror, A Minute to Dismember, One Minute with Blood Lake and Iced, The Last Slumber Party Minute, One Minute with European Zombies, circa 1980, that covered Zombie Lake and Burial Ground, and Pieces in Pieces, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast covering, in segments, J.P. Simon slasher film Pieces. And I wanted to do another double feature of horror, and I just realized that my two favorite howlings are kind of separated by ten years, and they're very, very different films. And we're going to find that out as, as we go through them here. But, and, but both of the films are around um, 90 minutes, which is good. So then there, you know, there, there won't be a stretch at the end of the podcast where we're only talking about one of the movies. I think um, Howling 2 is about 91 minutes and Howling is about 90 so we should be uh, we should be good there because the last minute of Howling Two will just be credits, anyways. So yeah, let me let let's just let's dive right in, folks. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you. We're going to start with Howling Two in each episode, then Howling New Moon Rising. I'm going to play the audio from the minute, and then I'm going to talk about it. The audio will actually be recorded the old-fashioned way. I'm just going to pop in the Blu-ray of Howling Two from Scream Factory, crank the volume, and put my mic in front of the speaker. And Howling New Moon Rising is actually from my Laserdisc. Where is the Blu-ray of Howling Newman Rising, I ask aloud. But that's from my laser disc, so the sound won't be the best on the audio, but I just want you to get get the... Um, if you know the films well, it will help you just get the get the sort of basis of where where we are in each minute. If you don't know the films, then you'll get a, you get a feel for it. And I will do a little description of what happened in the minute and then just, just talk about it. So let us begin with minute one of Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. Mr. Christopher Lee, uh, who is uh, sort of inset amongst uh, stars and such behind him as he's giving a little bit of that, that speech. And uh, at one point, a very entertaining skeleton with its mouth hung open appears next to his side as he's, he's you know reading from the book of... I don't know what the hell the book is. I'm, I'm sure we'll learn what the book is later. If we don't learn what the book is, anyone who knows what that book is, I'd love a copy. But it starts off, yeah, with the MGM logo, and then Hemdale is a Hemdale Corporation, Hemdale Film Corporation. Hemdale uh, distributed and made a lot of stuff um, uh, with, um, they did Platoon and The Last Emperor. They did River's Edge. They did Hoosiers. 
uh, Return of the Living Dead, Falcon of the Snow- Snowman, um, Terminator, uh, Yellowbeard. They did a ton of, of films. Their 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 um their their name was um their name was synonymous with stuff in the 1980s. And this is another n- another one. So that yeah, and this begins. Uh, you 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 see the Hemdale Film Corporations presents, and then you get Mr. Christopher Lee reading from a book about this horrible woman who has a chalice of her fornications with her fornications in it and stuff and it's just um she sounds awful doesn't she i mean or maybe she sounds fantastic actually i don't know i don't know you know the way that christopher the way christopher lee reads it you think she's oh she's terrible but then if you close your eyes and you think of like yourself reading it or maybe sylvia crystal or, or someone reading it you're like hmm laura gems or someone like that hmm, yeah okay yeah i'd um the chalice of the fornications well yeah i'm you know, I'm in. I'm in. For, I'm. I. I. will try anything once, mm. and then if it smells good, I'll try it twice. If you know what I mean. So, but I like Christopher Lee here. He's. I don't know where he's looking. I don't know. He. 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 He looks more engaged at the beginning of Meat Cleaver Massacre, when he's talking about whatever it is he's talking about at the beginning of that film. But this film, you know, with the starscape behind him, he's got to have a bit of a what am I doing now? What This is why I didn't like to speak when I was Dracula, because whenever they give me stuff to say, it's just cornball. But this, I mean, this begins, I mean, the, the, the howling is, it's, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's like, um, you know, not a campground, but like, a is this werewolf retreat, but this immediately in the first minute with the stars behind him and reading from this ancient text and the talk of the beast and the chalice and all this other stuff makes it, makes you think, how is this going to tie in with the first film? Because none of what we saw in the first film seemed to get near what he's saying here. So you think, mm, hmm, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I just just to think that we yeah, we went from these... these uh, uh, wolves fooling around in the woods together. The first ones to what the um, the mother of all harlots and the the abominations of the earth. Oh boy, this can't be great. Like what what is this? What is this thing? And I do like when Christopher Lee gets to like the mother of all harlots, or, you know, or something. Like that. He pauses for a moment and has a look down at the book. Like, is this really what I'm supposed to say? Yep, harlots. You know, and and that little skeleton guy next to him. I don't know why that little skeleton guy suddenly appears. It's not like it just. It, it doesn't make it... He looks like he's reading a... He looks like he's in a planetarium and he's reading a text to a bunch of people who are about to listen to an hour or two of, I don't know, some, some Pink Floyd, maybe some Tangerine Dreams, some, I don't know, some ELO. Well, no, that would be a more rockin' band. We used to have ELO play occasionally the planetarium as we were growing up. But like a, a, um, a Pink Floyd, Tangerine Dream, maybe some, you know, an evening with Klaus Schultz or something like that. You know, that that's what it looks like he's introducing. But that goofball, like, skeleton next to him, you almost expect it to go, What's her name, Mr. Lee? Well, well, bony. Well, yes, well, spiny. Uh, her name, yeah, and he doesn't do that, unfortunately. But... That, that's the full minute on this. I mean, uh, usually in the first couple of minutes of horror films, we don't. There are, isn't a lot to say, and I already said what I had to say about Howling Two before this. But yeah, this is this is this is actually one where Gary Bradner, the the guy who wrote the Howling novels, was involved with the writing. Of, I think this is the only one where he was involved with it. I mean, I got the distinct feeling that Joe Dante, I could be making this up. You know, having read the Howling book 
and maybe talked to Mr. Bradner was like, give me John Sayles. But this one, Philippe Mora is like, no, let's have Gary come in. And, you know, he's got some great ideas. I've read his books. He's got some really great ideas. This sounds screwball here. The hairy beast, obviously the werewolf. But who is she with her, you know, chalice filled with the filthiness of her fornication? How big is that chalice? I mean, because the filthiness of fornication makes me think it's like a giant gag-sized chalice. You know what I mean? Like, you know, come out with a chalice. It's not like a little one. It's like, whoa, you know, it's huge. You know, like you could um, you, you could throw a rubber raft in it and swim around in it. Not in the filthiness of her fornications, but I mean, if you filled it with water or something. And it gets right in there. And the minute ends. He's clearly done at the end of the minute. But I did go frame by frame to see if the next shot happens in at the one minute mark or the one minute one second mark and it happens at the one minute one second mark so we end with christopher lee looking very stern with a slightly goofy half-shaded skeleton behind him with its mouth open and the stars moving away you almost expect them to superimpose over it like chapter two your sister is a werewolf in the previous installment but they don't so that's episode one of this promising something uh, I th- I don't I don't I don't really believe I don't think the first I mean, unless you're meant to think here that this is um, D. Wallace's character he's talking about because it is called Your Sister Is a Werewolf, but I hardly believe that that's what it's about. It's up to something, and I love the f- I just love the fact that you bring in Christopher Lee, you have this sort of faux scripture text, and it, and this this starscape behind him, leaving out the skeleton and the starscape behind him and it brings a gravitas to something that at this moment is completely incoherent and i would i would i you, you want to know what's going to happen next you really truly are like okay where is this going this is the sequel to to the i mean could you imagine if like you tuned into police academy 2 their first assignment and it began with this you know, you're expecting Mahoney to do something wacky. You're expecting maybe see some boobs. You want to hear, you know, you want to, you know, all the all the great catchphrases that we all know and love. Don't move, dirt bat, stuff like that. But it opens up with him, Christopher Lee, discussing. Well, Christopher Lee was in the freaking seventh. Christopher Lee was in the seventh Police Academy film, Mission to Moscow, which was made around the time that Howling New Moon Rising was made. And this is the year that Police Academy 2 was made. I wonder if this was meant to be the beginning of Police Academy 2. Well, you're going to have to listen to my Police Academy 2 minute-by-minute podcast to hear that. But just let let that sink in, folks. 1985, Police Academy 2, Howling 2. 1995-ish, Police Academy 7, Howling 7. Police Academy 7 with Christopher Lee. And Howling 7, where's Christopher Lee? Police Academy 2, where's Christopher Lee? Mm, something to think about. While you're thinking about that, let's go on and listen to the first minute of Clive Turner's Howling New Moon Rising. Shit, mother 
Victor. Very good, Watson. Who's Watson? So in this minute, uh, they have wailing guitar. We're in the middle of the desert, and three guys, very entertaining guys, sort of lined up in a row, are looking at a skeleton in the sand um, that's wearing like a blue shirt and a, um, a very curly white wig. And you hear them deliver their lines. And the moment you hear them deliver their lines, that kind of, with with a couple of exceptions, that will be the way you hear most lines delivered in this movie. And I absolutely love it. And and um, a guy shows up who's clearly in charge guy and goes to talk to the one guy says, you know, you're dead, who, who's Watson? And one sign of, of what's to come in this movie is this this desert. This is this is desert near Barstow, California. In this minute, we're not going to be talking about where that is or what that means. But you could be wondering why the the, the little guy who shows up in the car is, is the cop. And the guy who talks to him is apparently... I guess also a cop, but you could be wondering why the guy he's dead has the, this Australian accent. Well, that's gonna that's gonna come to bear. I mean, at first it looks like we're actually when when you hear that guy speak, you think, oh, okay, we're not where we think we are. This is someone who thinks they're doing an American accent, but is actually like doing just doing their accent and. So it, 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 it makes a slightly odd moment even odder. First off, because like the skeleton in the sand with the gray wig on is clearly goofy looking. I mean it it looks like it looks like a leftover from like like um you know, in Kenny and Company, uh when they go to that garage with the they're trying to get um their their dummy back. You know, it looks it looks like a leftover from like a a family created like haunted house or something at Halloween. It's fun to look at, but you th- it's like it's one of the first images you see, and you're like, "That's that's your first image? Is that?" Now I I say that as if some would look at it with derision. I absolutely love it, and then when it cuts to these three goofballs delivering their lines with a mix of no inflection to no emotion. It's so good, and it's 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 almost it's <laughs> it's it's almost like. Like like Clive Turner, the director's like on the ground with three cue cards, and he points at one. Someone says a line, flips the cue card away, points at the next line. It's just it's so it's it's like you watch and you think this is your first minute, and then the joke with Watson. Of course, we know Sherlock Holmes and Watson, but the guy doesn't know who Watson is. Okay, whoever, whatever. Um, maybe he doesn't know where he is right now, which is why he's saying that. But there's uh, the thing I love about the the thing I love about the first minutes of both of these is. Howling 2, you, you, when you went to Howling 2 in 1985, four years ago you saw The Howling. The Howling came out with American Werewolf in London. The makeup and such in The Howling redefined that sort of special effect. And, and Rob Botten, 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 you know, with, um, with, uh, with uh, Howling and Rick Baker with, with American Werewolf London, he won the Academy Award for that, you know, kind of changed the face of what um, uh, werewolf, werewolf movies were. It changed the face of that for that sort of special effect. And so when Howling 2 begins, you, you presume you're sitting down in the theater and you're like, you know, it's like you're sitting down for Arthur 2, you know, on the rocks. You know, you want to see what they're up to. But you watch the first minute of Howling 2 and it's like, wh- what? What is he What is he talking about? Why is that goofy skeleton there? Why is Why is there the starscape behind him? This isn't a, um, 
this isn't, what is this? What is this? Now, I've never read Gary Bradner's novel, so I, I don't know, but presumably there must have been something like this. I mean, it de- it definitely could have been something where, like, in the first novel, it seems like a sort of, just this one colony of werewolves, but then it could have done, like, a, um, it's, I'm, I'm actually trying to think of the name of an author who wrote a series of sci-fi books, like, back in the 40s, 50s, in the 60s, that started off, and there were, there were like maybe a half a dozen of them. And the first book is sort of like a book about like um, a very rigid sort of bunch of like space cops. And then at the end of the book, suddenly something happens that expands everything. And so when you start reading the second book, it's no longer space cops. It's like planets warring against one another. And then that book expands out and expands out until it's like the entire universe and all of time and space is is enveloped in this and i cannot for the life of me i have the books in paperback and i cannot for the life of me find any of them right now and i can't remember that void no that's not it i'll get back with you next time but that's almost the feeling the howling howling 2 has and when i get back to you with this guy's name it'll make more sense but just the fact that so the first one is this small story about this this colony of werewolves and then the second one begins by, through the sister being bitten and becoming a werewolf, it, it expands out into this sort of being that this female creature of some sort that's lording over the world and something evil is going to happen. I don't know. The exact opposite happens in Howling New Moon Rising, though. Howling New Moon Rising is a, um, a skeleton in the sand that's clearly been there for ages and ages and a bunch of goofballs saying goofball things and a little guy being like am i really supposed to be in this movie like this and that's the way it ends he goes back to his car so those three guys stand there with their shovels kind of looking down at the skeleton and the whole time it's the desert and it feels like the desert and they're guitar going in the back which is um I want to say it's very mid '90s, but I could be wrong when I say that. I don't know, but um, so. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop there. And that was episode one of Howling Two and Seven Two. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I'm your host Dan, and we'll be back again discussing minute two of these fantastic movies. To be honest, the next minutes will be mostly credits, but they're gonna be awesome credits, and they're very different credits, which is cool. So. Um, I will read you out with a little bit of music. Uh, please enjoy. Be good to yourself. And back next time for episode two. Talk to you later.